y'all. Welcome back to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast of all things Southern, spooky, and today, a little witchy. I'm Carolina Girl Heather. And I'm Florida Man Tony. And we'd like to ask you to grace us with your likes and five-star reviews. This episode, we'll be visiting Tennessee and taking a gander, not a goose, at a legend from the early 1800s, the infamous tale of Kate the Bell Witch. She started out as a local phenomenon and has grown to legendary status from the campfire all the way to Hollywood. And most people who are into spooky things are familiar with her story and that of the family she tormented. But is she a ghost or is she a witch? Is this a crossover mashup sort of thing? Yeah, but how much does anyone really know about a story that started in 1817? Like, was the story, like, even remotely true? Or was it the result of embellishment and a bad version of the telephone game gone wrong? Let's find out. Many years ago, when I was in my early teens, I think, mm. I went with my mother to a Halloween event called Wind in the Woods. It yeah. was really, really cool. It was a fabulous event. There were campfires and hot chocolate and storytellers. Ooh. It was really neat, and it was in a very woodsy park. And one of the storytellers talked about the tale of Kate the Bell Witch, which up until then I'd never heard of. Well, so this I, was had, my... I hadn't heard of it up until, like, what, a month ago? <laughs> Like, I, I hadn't heard about that. Well, it's a tale from Tennessee, so I guess it's sort of in the middle of our respective places here, Florida and Carolina. But, I, and I don't remember a lot of the details. I was talking to my mom about this not too long ago, reminding her about this. Yeah. Um, I remember that it was a full moon night, and the wind actually picked up, and we did the whole wind in the woods thing, like yeah. the name said. And there was an owl, and it was just really cool. It was <laughs> Spooky beyond all reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking sultry. The night was sultry. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay. were it in the midst of summer, that would be sultry. But it was lovely. It was fantastic. They only had it at one time, as far as I know. But anyway, the storyteller who talked about Kate the Bell Witch claimed that she'd had weird things happen to her ever since she started talking about Kate. Oh, so she, Kate, may be one of those window go type deals where <laughs> even yeah. us speaking about her right now may call something bad to happen? Uh, well, not necessarily bad, but we may have to pay extra attention to the new new house sounds and oh, okay. <laughs> see if they're really new house sounds mm. speaking of new house let everybody know that we're recording from our studio yes we're using our brand new studio which yeah. we guess used to be somebody's office yeah and, you know the previous owners we have no idea what this little room is it's past <laughs> our laundry room it doesn't make much sense but it's perfect yep so let us know if we sound decent well you know that sound quality what we say is you know kind of up to us <laughs> <laughs> so okay a little background let's start out john bell Senior, which I guess you get the senior when you have a junior, right? I, I'd assume so. I guess I it'd mean, be kind of weird a, to name your child somebody I a, senior. I am a junior. So was your dad a senior before you existed? Actually, no. I think the you know the addition of a child makes you a senior. One would suspect. Um, yeah. Did he get special discounts? Uh, sorry. So anyway, John Bill Senior. Yeah. His wife Lucy and their nine, nine. children. Yeah. Nine. Nine. They lived along the Red River, Tennessee area. Area, which is near a town named Adams. So, of course, I like that. And this is about 40 miles north of Nashville. Ew. And they are a fairly prominent, actually well-off family. There are rumors that Mr. Bell's fortune may have been made by unsavory means. Okay, now what do we mean by unsavory? Well, I'm not exactly sure. They never really go into what it was that he was into. Like, w- was he gambling? Was he running guns? No, I don't was, know. Was, was he, like, like a Bitcoin 
Like, <laughs> yes, he's like, here's half of a penny. Well, I guess they have those in England. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so he's in his mid-50s, a successful farmer living in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and he just picks up and moves and has to start all over. Yeah, that really doesn't, That that's kind of sus. I mean, it does, I mean, maybe there was a good reason, but we don't know. So there is an author who's referenced a lot in this, um... In 1894, newspaper editor Martin V. Ingram. Cool name. I guess. I wonder what the V stands for. He published his, this is an exciting title, prepare yourself, Mm -hmm. Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. Oh, it was authenticated. Oh, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Now, this book is widely regarded as the first full-length record of a legend and is considered a primary source for subsequent treatments like us. Now, granted, we did not read it. So, Mr. Ingram, he writes what is considered the first, I guess, considered to be credible source about the Bell Witch. Yeah. And I have to admit, when I first heard the story, I'm like, what's a Bell Witch? (laughs) (laughs) Does she carry around a bunch of bells? I don't know. The individuals cited and recorded in this book were some historical personalities, Mm -hmm. but skeptics will regard this work as historical fiction. It's not really considered a truly historical record, at least not by our standards today. It is considered a folklore study and an accurate reflection of belief in the region during the 19th century. As I understand from a documentary I watched on it, he interviewed a lot of people who were friends of the people that it happened to, but he did not seem to interview any of the actual people that it happened to. Oh, so most of it's hearsay. Hence the telephone game reference. There's a lot of hearsay. Okay. Now that we know about the family and their personal biographer, I guess, the actual story, allegedly, the Mm -hmm. story starts, one lovely day in 1817, John Bell Sr. walks out into the cornfield to inspect the crops, as farmers do, when he happened upon a dog-like creature. No, Jacob, no. Okay, I say dog-like because it looked... Like a dog, but according to all records, something about it felt off. Not to mention it had kind of like tall ears and a teensy little head. I don't know. That's just what they how it's described. So does it, is it like one of those tall foxes? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> sort of the fin. I don't think it was as cute, though. No, oh, okay. Because just its very presence was unnerving enough that Bell pulled out his, I don't know if it was a pistol or a rifle, but, you know, this is 1817. Basically, he was armed, as I guess farmers back then were. Well, I mean, he took yeah. several shots at whatever this thing is, but it didn't appear to have been shot, but once the smoke cleared, it was just gone, which Bell was fine with that. He wanted it gone, so gone was good enough. Which means he was firing a powder pistol, which means it would have taken him an hour to reload the thing, which means he's glad it was gone. (laughs) That's entirely possible. (laughs) Now, some sources list other strange things that other members of the family had seen that were also unnerving. One saw a very large bird. I don't know if we're talking large like vulture or if we're talking turkey or peacock. Not that I know that there would be peacocks there, but some sort of large flying thing. Yeah. Pterodactyl. (laughs) And one of the main girls in the story, Betsy, she claims to have seen... (laughs) Because there's always a Betsy. Okay, her name's Elizabeth, but they didn't call her that. Um, She sees a girl who, I hope it's on a swing. The reference is she was hanging in a tree, and then someone else said she was on a swing, but I really hope that's what it was. So, yes, they all see weird things. Later that night, they're back in their cabin. Now, it's, you know, very quaint, log cabin that they built themselves, but they can hear scratching all along the walls of the wooden cabin, but they can only hear it. There's nothing outside when they go to check, which, you know, I guess involves lanterns 
lanterns and such. You can't exactly turn out the flood, turn on the floodlights outside. And no, not check like nowadays <laughs> where you're just like, oh, our movement detector's gone off. You know? <laughs> Let us check this thing for paranormal activity. Yes. And uh, over the next few weeks, the scratching sound persists and turns into knocking. And then the knocking moves from outside to inside. So safe to say it wasn't a <coughs> raccoon of some sort. An invisible raccoon that they could never find. No. That knocked, by the way. That knocked. You know, it was very polite. Um, <laughs> Can I have your trash? <laughs> Can I have your trash? That Very cute. Have some Cheetos. Run away. But then they also start getting other creepy noises. So, okay, imagine you're in bed at night listening to the sounds of whatever a cabin sounds like at night. But you hear the sounds of little rodents noisily snacking on the wooden rails of your bed. Okay, that's just weird. And they, too, are invisible. There's nothing to see. And no damage done, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like rats chewing on their bed frames. Now, I've lived with enough rodents because we did have the raccoon. I've had mice in my time. We currently live with two ferrets. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, you get used to noises like that, but you can identify them very quickly. It's like, oh, I know exactly what that sound is. I mean, it's it's identifiable. And even when you have something that's not a pet, like mice in the walls. Yeah, you 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 still know what it is, yeah. Which I don't know how I've had mice. I had five cats, and it's like, come on, guys, just be scary. Scare them all away. No, no. Some cats are just like, oh, yeah, another one of those things. <laughs> so, but nothing was ever visible. They were just sounds. And then, like one evening, they were called the sounds of snarling dogs filled the air, which has got to be annoying. But North and Carolina, scary. you know, they're, nope, they're all... Tennessee. This is Tennessee. Oh, oh, I thought he moved to North Carolina. No, he moved from North Carolina oh. to Tennessee. Oh, okay. Which I guess. Well, Even in in Tennessee, there would be wolves, there would be coyotes, stuff like that. So hearing snarling on the wind is not that big of a stretch. Yeah, but this was in the middle of the living room. Uh, Okay, a bigger stretch. Yeah, I get it. Invisible dogs that they can't see, and they could hear wings beating against the ceiling. Okay, even weirder. Yeah. I guess to finish it off, they could hear gagging and choking noises. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of creepy noises. So very much the whole classic poltergeist noisy ghost. Sounds like a castrophony of just (laughs) So after a little bit, though I'm not sure how long, it they just say after a while, it went from noisy to tactile. Like being touched? Yes. Mm. The children experienced unseen hands pulling their blankets off at night. And I'm sure at first they probably were thinking it was maybe each other. I don't know. I Um, mean, at this point, Casper Sight would be yelling Rambo at mate. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I get it. John Bell Sr. suffered health problems that he blamed on the spirit. So I can only presume they didn't happen before that. Now, I did read somewhere that the health problems included things probably not at this early point, that like his tongue would swell up for a few days at a time and he had difficulty eating and talking. This sounds like he was eating something he was allergic to. That does. Allegedly, his shoes would just get yanked off his feet and tossed away, even while he was wearing them. Like mid-stride, like one minute you have a shoe, the next minute the shoe's bouncing across the yard somewhere. Evidently. Wow. And I'm wondering, I mean, I don't think exactly they had loafers back then. Aren't they kind of like ankle boots, I would assume? I would assume so, like the the buckled... Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, 1817, that's... If he's a working farmer? Yeah, he's a working farmer. He probably has those the the ankle the buckled ankle boots on. It sounds like that's the kind of thing that should be, or could potentially be just made up, just yeah. to sound 
sensational, but that's what they say. Now, at this point, Betsy, remember Betsy? Yeah. She's 12 years old, and she gets the worst of it. Like, she'd wake up to the feeling of someone yanking on her hair. She would, like, in the morning, her hair would be tied in knots, but around the bedpost. So she, like, she would have to have Good to get Lord. up. I know. I mean, my hair used to knot all the time, but I've never been attached to my bed when I woke up. Now, apparently, Mr. She's Bell, just a hard sleeper. I guess. <laughs> um, Mr. Bell must have been very concerned about what the neighbors would say because, you know, it's the early 1800s, but he wouldn't let anyone in the family talk about it with anyone outside of the family. Like, he swore them to secrecy. And this lasted for about a year, which I can only imagine with that level of stress, just trying to pretend like, everything's fine. (laughs) There's 11 people in the household pretending everything's fine. Yeah, no. But in May of 1818, they, I guess they got to the point where they just, they couldn't stand it anymore and they had to tell someone and they're, you know, asking for advice. Yeah. Or, I guess just to I don't know, just be like, are we going crazy? I mean, I guess they want that reassurance. Who do you go to in a time like this? Because in in 1818, if you went to your, like, say your local pastor, of course the first thing out of his mouth is going to be witchcraft. Okay, 1818, we're not quite that bad. They are definitely concerned about weirdness. You know, it could be, probably at that age, they're or in this time, they're more concerned about, like, devils flying around. I don't know that we have witchcraft issues so much as just, like, fear of demons. We're talking about Southern Baptists here, babe. Uh, okay, fair enough. Well, I don't know that they're Baptists. It doesn't ever really say. But what they do is they talk to their next door neighbor, Mm -hmm. James Johnson. Wow, what a typical name that is. I know, right? (laughs) He was considered a close friend, and he and his wife were invited to spend the night at the Bell Abode, which I don't know how you make that invitation. It's like, hi, I know you live just next door, which, okay, granted, it's probably a couple miles away. I don't know. Yeah. But would you like to come over for the night and... I don't know. Just see if anything interesting happens. It sounds like a very bizarre proposition. Yeah. (laughs) Bell's hoping just that he gets a little bit of reassurance that he's not losing his mind. Well, as All 11 of them. I was about to say, as anybody would. Pretty much. Mr. Johnson does reassure his friend, but also takes sort of a novel approach. He talks to it. As in just like, hey, how you doing? Why are you in this house? Like acknowledging the existence of whatever it may be? I suppose so. Whatever it was, it didn't speak at this point, but it did respond. It would be, it would quiet down when James was talking, which they assumed meant it possessed some intelligence. Okay. And it was listening, which I suppose is also a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. So John Bell realizes that he should be a little more open about his poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, unlike, you know, there were no witch burnings or anything, just parades of people start to show up to see the bizarre goings-on of the Bell house. Like, they get tourists. Hey, we're going to charge you 10 cents to come in the house and see how long you can wait. <laughs> <laughs> And all of these guests, well, a lot of them, they try some of their own questions. And at first, the answers would come as knocks on the wall. You know, they're like, two for yes, three for no. I don't know. I guess all this attention started to give it some energy because it would, at this point, it's now starting to whisper. Oh. We're getting whispering from the logs. And after... Yeah, really, mm-hmm. which, yeah, that's creepy. After a few weeks of this, it gets strong enough to speak clearly and it talks in a woman's voice. And let me guess, it says... I've come to talk to you about your extended warranty. On, on their buggy? <laughs> it, or she, she I guess, yeah. announced that she was a spirit who was once happy but was now disturbed. That seems to be the a direct quote. Uh, okay. She claimed to be many centuries old. We don't still don't really know who she is. But at this point, the bell seemed kind of content to adapt to living with 
an extra household member that they could at least communicate with. Like one does. I suppose. At least that she didn't eat much. Yeah. However, she had tantrums and a bit of a temper and she didn't like most of them. But she was also kind of omniscient and could be heard in more like two places at once. And she was very, I don't know how to say this. She knew quite a lot. She could quote endless passages of the Bible because that's what they would do back then. Yeah. She could sing hundreds of hymns by memory. Okay. And she could even debate people like the neighbors and such. In religious philosophy, two ministers came over at one point, And James Johnson was one of her favorite people to debate with. Oh, okay. But one afternoon, two preachers come over. Uh-huh. And she could quote both of the preacher's sermons that they had given that day at the same time. So that's when they determined, oh, she can be in two places at once. Oh, I guess a useful ability. A little creepy. She, <laughs> she wasn't limited to taking in the ecclesiastical offerings of Red River. She also liked to use her abilities to gossip and stir up trouble. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, so not only was this a communicative ghost, yes, but she would also quote the Bible, yes, and spread BS around people. Yeah, uh, the, I guess because she could be anywhere she wanted to be, she could see whatever she wanted. Did to you see. see what Mary Clarence did the other? Oh no, you didn't. You were at home asleep. Like, Let me tell you. <laughs> she did. Wow, sharing people's secret recipes and whatnot. I don't know. No. Oh, you'll like this one. At one point, she's also capable of pulling pranks. She apparently has a kind of a wicked sense of humor. Oh, okay. I I can get behind this. So at one point, she suggests she's an indigenous spirit, or, you know, she's the spirit of a native. And the reason she is disturbed is because her bones are not all in one place, that some of her fragments are under the floorboards. Now, apparently, two of the sons of the house did find bones in the woods in what should have been a grave, and they decided, we'll bring them home. Why? Teenage boys, I guess. Okay. So they take the bones and what, again, I don't know why, but I think the youngest one actually takes a jawbone and throws it against the wall and a tooth falls out. But (laughs) this is the craziest thing. Into, it falls under the floor. Yeah. It goes through two cracks or in a crack between two boards. Basically, it goes under the house. So she says that she can't rest until she finds this tooth. And Belle spent quite a lot of time. I'm like, he's pulling up floorboards. He's digging up the floor underneath, the dirt floor. And eventually, he confesses he can't find this one last tooth. And she starts to giggle maniacally. And she says, I don't have anything to do with that. She basically was just like, I wanted to see if I could make you do it. Wow. She just enjoyed the drama. So at this point, the bells are kind of hoping if they could figure out what she wants, maybe they can get her to go away. Because that would get really tiresome, you know? Find the bone. (laughs) Rattle, rattle, break the glass. Uh, Just kidding. Not that bone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So we still don't know who or what this is. In 1881... They didn't have recording equipment. No. It couldn't be broadcast in any way. (laughs) She admits that she is a living human, a witch. Now, at first she claims, apparently, to be old Kate Batts. I love her name, Batts. Batts. Yeah, that's kind of cool. A resident of Red River who is... She's a bit of an outcast. She's sort of a cranky old lady that you one wouldn't want to trifle with. Yeah, just don't mess with the crazy old ladies. And people accept that she could, the spirit could be Kate Batts because she was just so odd. But apparently the Bells did not have a problem with Kate Batts. That's the other thing. Kate Batts is also still alive. So they're like, well, how could she be a ghost if she's not dead yet? Ventriloquism! 
Yeah. Now, apparently, Kate Batts does have issues with other people, and it's rumored that when John moved to Tennessee, the property he bought was from old Kate Batts, and that she, or more to the point, her brother, felt cheated in this whole transaction. Oh. But who knows? I mean, perhaps the spirit lied, because she did that more than once. You know, hi, I'm an Indian. No, you're not. (laughs) I'm in pieces under your floor. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. But even though they didn't really know who this was, the name Kate kind of just stuck. Okay. They just, I guess you just want to have a name to call it. Yeah. (laughs) You know that thing that bothers, oh, you mean Kate? Yeah. (laughs) So this is what Kate did last night. Wait, wait, which Kate? The old lady down the road or the ghost? The ghost. Definitely the ghost. So at this point, some of the neighbors are thinking that the Bells have somehow, if you listen to Nuke's top five, perpetrated an elaborate hoax. Elaborate hoax. And that somehow the now 13-year-old Betsy, remember Betsy? Yeah. Was the ringleader in orchestrating said hoax to capitalize on their poltergeist. Which, uh, you know, you mentioned that earlier, 10 cents, which was probably a lot back then. Oh, uh, yeah. However, the spirit, or Kate, yeah. knows things that Betsy doesn't. Like, she can talk about neighbors and what they're doing, you know, five miles away. Well, how would Betsy know that? They don't have cameras. Okay. And the bells feed all the people who come, you know, feed the guests, the people who come to interview the ghosts and all that. Yeah. And they refuse payment, so the financial angle. So they're not—they're not gaining anything. It sounds by like this. they're losing, if anything. I mean, the only thing to be gained was their house's haunted reputation. That's yeah. it. Notoriety. Yeah, I that's, guess. that's pretty much it. I mean, even infamy. It's like. You don't want to go over to that house or, you know, stay away from that house. Like, they're not gaining anything of value when it comes to whatever is going on. Yeah, I mean, at least not financially. Yeah. And the guests keep arriving. Now, allegedly, these include, you know, adventure seekers, philosophers, the... I don't know why, but various preachers seem to think this is fascinating. Now, reportedly, one of their guests was Andrew Jackson. As in president? Yes. This is before he was president. He apparently served with one of the Bell sons. Okay. And was, I guess, encamped nearby, but heard about all of this, shall we say, hullabaloo, and decided to check it out himself. Like, rumor even has it that because she knows he's coming, his wagon wheels get stuck, like, stopped on the way. Like, not stuck in the mud. They just stop. Yeah. And I believe back then they would have called it humbug. Oh, yes. Absolutely. That's a good word. it's, It's a very good word if you don't know it usually means bs it's like this is just a load of humbug which is famously associated with pt barnum yeah pt barnum and houdini houdini was a a wide believer in the word humbug and honestly they used it a lot in the oz books they referred to before he became a real wizard the wizard of oz was humbug a humbug Uh, character uh, yep so yes well that's that's the whole ba humbug it's you know absolutely it's just like this is a bunch of humbug (laughs) well now you have a nice soft word to use when you feel the need to say something else oh yeah well when we're not recording you know the words i'll use yes they're very naughty yes however okay back to jackson because this is and we all know jackson as that fun loving sweet character (laughs) history. Yeah. It seems that the witch stopped him, as I said, and he couldn't get going again until he addressed her. And um, I sort of envisioned this, like, the voice from the trees basically reassured him that she would see him again later on that night. Which sounds creepy as all get out. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's freaking creepy. Now, one of Jackson's men was sort of a loud braggart, sort. you know the sort. Yeah. And he claims to have killed many witches, which I'm like, that'd be murder, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Back then. Technically 
technically, yes, that's murder. And he was just an annoying, bragging kind of guy. When they got to the Bell house, Jackson allegedly quietly stated to the person sitting next to him something to the effect of, I really hope she shows up soon just to scare this guy. That's not a direct quote. Well, apparently she I think you were paraphrasing. Yeah, just a little bit. Now, in my mind, I sort of, you know, when the Hulk grabs Loki and just slams him around like a ragdoll. Puny god. Yeah, that one. That's kind of what happened to this guy, apparently. <laughs> um, oh, that's was, good. Of course, the way it was described is he was mercilessly beaten and taunted, and he ran away in fear, screaming like a little girl. Yay! Except for, of course, the little girls in this story are a little braver than he was. <laughs> of course, the little girls in this story are probably laughing their butts off at this point. So, well, Spooky Jackson allegedly found this whole episode quite amusing, but it did also kind of give him pause, I guess. Yeah. He is quoted as saying he'd rather face the whole of the British Army than the Bell entity again. And if you're British and listening to the show, keep in mind, this was a long time ago. We love you. <laughs> Heart emoji. Long live the Queen, who was living a very long time. God save the Queen. Now, this is another one of those things that the skeptics point out, that this information is in the books written later by early Bell Witch authors, and is not corroborated by anything in any of Jackson's personal papers or journals. Yeah, which there were probably hundreds and thousands of pages back then. You know, letters and, I mean, they wrote yeah, everything down, so why not? Any kind of correspondence or journals, anything like that, I think he would have made mention of this. One would think. Yeah. One would think. I don't know. But the spirit wasn't all bad. She did have kind of a soft side. For whatever reason, she really loved Lucy. Lucy being the wife. Yeah. The mother. The matriarch of the family. So when Lucy developed a lung illness, and I don't know if we're talking like TB or what, but apparently the spirit sang to her. Aww. And <laughs> kind of alerted anyone if she needed anything. They'd just be like, hey, hey, your mom needs milk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> She would make sure she got what she needed, which I thought was kind of sweet. But she really hated everyone else in the family. Even, like, especially John Bell. Wait, senior, right? Senior. Yeah, okay. We don't know much about John Jr. But he would get sick. He'd have those weird symptoms that yeah. you said sounds like an allergy. Yeah, it did seriously sounds like an allergy to me. Well, December of 1820, John Bell fell into a coma. Now, this is one of the first times, and the only times, I think, in, like, recorded history, that a ghost killed somebody. Allegedly, it is stated that she announced she gave him something that would, quote, fix him for good. There was a bottle found amongst his medicine that is what she gave him. A His doctor tested it on a stray cat. It did not end well for the cat. What the hell? Well, he, I'm not thrilled with that either, but, you know, farm cat, I guess. Who else are you going to test it on? So, yeah, he poisoned a cat to find out what happened to John Pell. Douchebag. They didn't care about cats back then much, I'm sure. It is kind of sucky, though. Yeah. But John, you know, the human, which you know sometimes are not as anyway moving on John died the next day uh, December 21st 1820 oof this part will probably amuse you during his funeral the spirit sang raucous drinking songs over the (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good that's good I mean that's that's really kind of mean that's just like the ultimate disrespect well I mean which is rude if you you know if she liked Lucy she should have been a little nicer I guess but once John Bell Sr. was gone the spirit calmed down a little bit yeah and she claimed that she only had one more wish that now 15 year old Betsy remember Betsy I remember Betsy she's seeing Joshua Gardner her 20 year old suitor which I guess I is I know a guy named Josh Gardner it's not like that's an unusual name I'm just saying that's crazy hi Josh <laughs> 
And, okay, but she's now being a pain because Betsy would try to see Joshua and they had the world's worst chaperone, the witch ghost. Kate would follow them and harass them relentlessly. Could you, they had no privacy. Wow. And, and Betsy decided to break the engagement just to keep Joshua safe, having lost her father. And she just couldn't bear the idea of living with this kind of harassment all her life if Kate didn't like Joshua. Hey, can you imagine that? You're, you know, going out on a date in your little horse-drawn buggy and <laughs> you've parked over at Kissing Cove or whatever. And you're, <laughs> you're about to get your groove on and all of a sudden you hear, hey, hey, what you doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's quite what she would have said, but so Betsy broke it off with Joshua and he moved away, heartbroken. I was about to say, I imagine he was pretty beat up. I can't see you because of a ghost. Well, at least the ghost was well known, but yeah. So now mollified, the witch takes her leave. And she assured Lucy that she would come by and visit in seven years. Now, I don't know if they had a clue how to live like non-haunted people, but things were quiet until 1828. So, according to one of the sons named Williams, Lucy's maiden name was Williams. So, it's not William, it's Williams. Yeah. He, another brother, and Lucy were the only remaining Bells living at the property. There was about a fortnight, which is two weeks, not the game, of scratching and knocking, (laughs) but no voice, no vocalizations, and then it just went away. So that was... So sort of like, hey, hey, bye. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> now, one of the authors on the stories named Pat Fitzhugh claims that there was much more going on, like full discussions and predictions, most of which did not come true. Kate claimed that she would next return in 107 years, which would be 1935, to their descendants. Oh, okay. Now, on record, the living descendant at that time was the great-grandson, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, who was a neurologist. Oh. Now, he wrote a book about her intended visit, but never really if she came or not, which I think is kind of weird. Well, seeing is how we've hit 1935. I'm just going to forget Betsy. Oh, well, well, we'll come back to Betsy. We're not done with Betsy. Oh, okay. And in a documentary that we watched on YouTube, mm-hmm. there's Bob Bell, who is a current descendant living in Adams. Yeah. And he uh, he has a mortuary, I think. He does. Which I he, think is kind of cool. Yep. Um, so you watched that too, yep, right? I watched that too. When he was talking about how like doors would slam in his house, or the story about his grandmother's china, mm-hmm. did you hear that one? I, yeah, I, I watched the um, Lamont at Large on this one. Oh, neat. Yeah. So basically, his grandmother calls him, I assume as an adult, and a few other people, and is like, "Please come over. Something weird just happened." Yeah, and then like they get there, and she said that the china had been like thrown. Yeah, her china fell out of the cabinet, which is in the butler's pantry. But it was, like, two rooms away and stacked. And, like, neatly arranged. Yeah, it was, like, out neatly, the it was neatly stacked out on the floor, like, arranged in, like, size. Yeah. And yeah. Apparently, it, it sounded like a huge crash while she was napping, and then she comes down and she it's, comes like, down okay, and, <laughs> She comes down and it's all in the living room, just neatly arranged in the living room. Which is very weird. Yeah. Which I, I do think that's kind of a neat story. I guess that could have been the Bell Witch. Who knows? I mean, it's certainly not going to be the wind. (laughs) Well, unless you just have a really tidy ghost. Which, I've heard ghost stories of one at a college that would clean the dorm when the guy left. I do know there was... I read someone who had a poltergeist that would just do dishes. And someone, like, offered to do a... uh, Exorcism, and the person's like, no, no, no yeah, yeah, like the, the, at, <laughs> the, at the dorm, the guy like went through his college, and he was like, anytime I left the room, and if something was out of place, it would be in sorts when I got back. He, I didn't want to leave. It was like living with a really cool house guest. <laughs> 
He's like he had. He said one time that he had woken up and he was really thirsty, and he looked over on his nightstand, and there was a glass of ice water just waiting for him. Could I get a butler or maid ghost, please? That's yeah. It's like that's a really nice ghost. It is. But you know, I don't imagine this one's just like I'm going to stack your plates in your living room. You need to go through them. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the resolution to that was, or if it ever happened again, or or whatnot. Now, if you're going with the theory that this was not an actual spirit, yeah, that maybe it was a hoax perpetrated by someone, yeah. One candidate going back in history is one Richard Powell, the local school teacher who had a crush on Betsy. Oh Lord, who not was, one of these guys who was ten at the time. Yep, it's one of those guys. And as she got older, his interest got stronger. She went from, like, such a good student to, um, he definitely had some other interests. Some of their school children claimed to have heard him speaking in other languages, so suspecting he was into the occult. But again, maybe they just didn't like him as a teacher and spread rumors. We don't know. Wow. The motivation to play a poltergeist is pretty strong. Like, he used it, allegedly, to get rid of Joshua Gardner. Remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, here's the kicker. Yeah. She ultimately married this guy. Wow. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the age difference is, but he was old enough to be a school teacher when she was 10, so... Oh, keep in mind, school teachers back then were... Younger. Like, 17 and 18. They could like, be. They could be. And I know... I, is it still our gross? Ages, <laughs> our age n- norms are not the same as they used yeah, to be. Again, still gross, but... I still think that starting at 10 is a little young. Yeah. A little young for me. Now, apparently, the people who are still around... Okay, now we're done with Betsy. Um, to this day, there are reports of... Who? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, some kid. There are reports of voices and orbs at the original property. Okay. There are caves nearby that the farmers used to use as cold storage, which... Is which, that's what you did back then. Yeah. I mean, they, like, caves are always cold. Why not use them as storage? They're supposedly haunted. There are people who go on tours there now, and things happen. I guess just the whole area is drenched yeah, with ghosts. Yeah, but do they, do they have a conversation with the gossiping ghosts? I don't know. Uh, the one I saw it was the guy was on a tour and the lights went out. Ooh. Yeah, but they weren't supposed to have gone out is the thing. <laughs> when are lights supposed to go out? When you turn the switch. Exactly. <laughs> now, Adams has sort of decided to just go with it, Adams being the town. Yeah. Not they, us. The no. town. <laughs> There was a long-running tradition, and at least this information was from 2012. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do it. It would be cool if they did. They probably took a break for COVID, but they have a play each year about the Bell Witch. It's called Spirit, and it runs for a few weekends. I mean, I think it's their Halloween thing. Now, each year it's a little different and focuses on different people, but I'm told, or as I've read, play is a really good production, and out-of-towners come to see it. People have come from Canada, and it is up there on Broadway level good. Wow. Have I seen any of it? No, but apparently it's really stunning it to people go it see might, it. It might be something we can look up online. I think that'd be fun to go and see. Yeah. So again, going back to the idea that there were no actual interviews with the people directly involved. Mm-hmm. There are no direct sources. It's all kind of secondhand. It's very much hearsay. So, like strictly speaking, it's not very reliable. So I don't know where the whole story of the Bell Witch would have come from. Who would have started it if it wasn't real? Who would have had the motivation to aside from the school teacher who was gross and not a woman but apparently could imitate a woman's voice i can imitate imitate a woman's voice you know that come on now kind of little shop of <laughs> <horror>. <laughs> suddenly see more wow 
See? I'm, I'm so taken with your femininity. <laughs> but he would have to put a lot of effort oh, into yeah, that. I mean, yeah. he'd have to be over there every night. Now, how could... And some of these weird sound things, like, how could he possibly have done that? Oh, no, agreed. I don't know. But that is what we have on the yeah. Bellwitch. Which is kind of crazy. I mean, I've heard of, you know, ghost haunting stuff, but a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, I've never heard of a haunting before. Never heard of, never experienced. Like, having a full conversation with a ghost, never heard of that before. At all. Even with EVP. Yeah, that is kind of unusual. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, at best, you get fragments, but I think it takes a lot of energy on their part, and... Well, and of course... A lot of patience on yours. Of course you get stuck with a ghost box, like... Oh, yeah, I got the sound of those. Hey, those are good cheese fries. <laughs> like, I mean, you get specific things, but you don't get full conversations. That's true. So I wonder if maybe all of this attention that it got, assuming this is true, like all the visitors and such, would they, would their interest and energy feed the ghost? Like most, as I, I understand, most ghosts live off of fear. For, well, uh, well, fear. Demon no, no. I've, I've heard that, that ghosts subsist off of just energy within the household. Be That's it true. Be it energy from a laptop, be it energy from a person who is really angry or sexually frustrated or whatever, any kind of energy they can sort of it's sort of like a battery if you hold a battery long enough you will charge it huh. yep very interesting fact you would have to hold it for like a year and a half to fully charge it but you can do this okay that's not very efficient then no it's not you know, just you know put it in a charger buy a new one or get one of those new usb batteries wonder especially about the ghosts i know like in ghosty stuff nowadays that they feed off of electricity very very mm-hmm. well um, well i, I mean, wonder about in these days like, before we in, have electricity coursing through the house well, keep in mind, even back then, there were still um, electromagnetic fields. Oh yeah, yeah. From the stones and the and the metals and the earth. True, but I think it's less electrified or powerful energy-wise than it is well, where we have readily available electricity in every single room in the yeah, house. Yeah, I mean, back then it was more just of a notion. Yeah. But then again, now we're moving into 1935 where electricity has hit its full stride and True. everybody has it. I wonder if they could get any sort of power from just firelight, lanterns and candles I don't, I don't and gaslight and what. I've never, I, I don't have any experience with that. I've never heard of anything like interacting. Thing. Like, now I've heard of ghosts blowing lanterns out or candles out. Mm-hmm. I've heard of them ignoring Igniting candles, making them light up, but I've, cool. I've never heard of a ghost using a, a candle to feed off, you know, humans create so many BTUs of electricity in their body, of course we hmm. produce electricity. So therefore, why wouldn't we be like the perfect thing to be fed off of? So I suppose so. And of course, I guess infamously, or poltergeists are often associated with like pubescent age children, yes. especially girls. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, any... maybe it could have focused on Betsy for that reason. Yeah. Uh, there a were lot, you'll... nine of them to choose from. Yeah, right. Uh, well, depending on how many girls there are, a lot of people, uh, if you look into any kind of cases when it comes to ghosts. More active ghosts and occurrences are usually around, how do I put this politely, moon time. Mm -hmm. And that's just when, you know, there's a lot of emotion going around. That's when, you know, you're you're just completely out of whack. Especially for young teens who are not accustomed to this. Yeah, who haven't experienced that, then yeah, I mean, that that would be a perfect time for a ghost to sort of, kind of, I don't want to say latch onto, because I'm not a a believer in possession. You know that. I think it's stupid. (laughs) 
Well, it is a good opportunity to um, latch on to maybe not the person, but some extra angst and energy that's coming out from hormonal rage. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah no. <laughs> maybe not rage. But... I get that. But yeah, I I, I'd say. But back on the Bell Witch, like I said, I've never heard of any of these incidents happening. Like, like if it just stopped with, you know, the the noises. Yeah. That we've heard it before, but it's the full conversation. It's, the, yeah, it's, it's like, the gossip huh. and full conversation that made me like, what? <laughs> like, excuse me? So we don't know what it was. No, no. It could have been the old pervy guy. It could have been, <laughs> you know, it could have been the, the old lady who apparently was their landlord. Don't know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting I, I it's a fascinating story whether it really it's true is. or not it and really is. i think we get that no matter what like ghost stories even if they're not true they still make really good stories oh yeah because and we've been I mean, talking about this since the 1800s apparently yeah it's been 200 years that we talk about it so yeah. we'll keep going yeah and seriously go and go and get some you know go on on youtube look up some information for yourself like a lot of this stuff is really cool so i guess we have you know we're back to our was she real was she not yeah was she the product of the writers of the time we don't know but very ambitious writers apparently right maybe that's what she was it wasn't the family being lucrative it was the writer of those first books maybe maybe it's sort of his version of what we would call found footage stuff now you <laughs> Blair know Blair Witch yeah oh wait Bell Witch my bad Bell Witch of the time you know <laughs> the well, Bell Witch Project <laughs> I am so sorry <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now, but I know you're yeah. not. Well, thank you for joining us for another rambling conversation off of our script. We appreciate it. At Southern Fried Spooky. And as usual, we have no idea what we'll be talking about next week, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Oh, I, I have an idea. Oh, you have an idea. Yeah, I do. You have a few of those. I, I, I occasionally have a good idea, and this is something I happen to know a whole bunch about because I was in a documentary for it. Awesome! Yeah. Ne- oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I had to study Teasers. up on this quite a bit. You were in a film. Of course, you were in a film I was in, kind of a lot. I was in three or four films, yes. Nice. Yep. Wow. Are you on IMDb? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not arrogant enough to even type in my name. I'll have to go check it out. Well, I'm your Carolina girl. And I'm your Florida man. No, you're the birthday man. Not, oh, wow, you had to remind me. Happy birthday! And For bye, no- y'all. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Well, you had to tell everybody it's my birthday. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you're 43. Okay, you're done.